Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. So Havana um, entered stage four, but uh, but stage three is a, a long, long, tough stage. I mean, in fact, Havana being 21, she's probably actually only been in stage, I'm, I'm going to guess, stage four for like maybe four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of her... Adolescence and growing up yes. as stage three. And stage that's... three, yeah. <clears throat> so during that time, seizures developed. Mm. Um, mostly grand mals. She went through a, a couple of years of petty mals. Had grand mals before that, then the petty mals, and then grand mals. Um, and it's odd. I would I would <clears throat> almost take a, a grand mal over a petty mal. Because um, with petty mals, you, you drop like a tree. Or in her case, um, she would just go down like a tree. You could, everyone could have 15 people around her. But when that happened, she was just like a stiff board going down. And no signs that it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. So she had her head, her oh. lips, her teeth. It was like we had a helmet on her through that stage. Yeah. Because it, it was... It's crazy. You couldn't dive and save her. You know, it just it happens mm-hmm. so fast. And then the grandmas, you know, if there's a bright side to a grandma, I think she knew when they were gonna happen because she would sit down, oh. and then she'd have them. Okay. So at least she was in a safe place. Maybe she would fall off the couch, but, but it was a much, you know, if if for some reason we weren't in the room when it was gonna happen. There was times when we found her on the floor having seizures, knowing that, realizing she had just rolled off the couch by the way she's laying. Um, so it's, those are dangerous in their own way, but we weren't having to go and have her head stitched up that often <laughs> because of the grandmas. The pedmas right. were a whole different game changer. You had like injury along with the seizure. Versus just a seizure. Uh-huh. Did you have like shots of Valium or something to give her? <laughs> oh gosh. So we tried Valium. We and we um, we even tried. We were we were flying back east. I think it was Thanksgiving to go visit my husband's family in Alabama, and <clears throat> we tried. We actually tried Valium before we tried, um, we tried Valerian, mm-hmm. tried some really neat things. We tried Valium to calm her down for the flight. That's what the doctor suggested. Cause she was, like I said, she was like a tornado. Uh-huh. She just, she was always moving, constantly running and, or walking. 
and made lots lots of different noises too. Um, so we gave that the volume to her, and it was uh, it was kind of like you gave someone speed, oh. but their eyes were closed. So now she's walking, but her eyes are closed. So she's like running into things. <laughs> Before, and the interesting thing about her is she could be this tornado in a fine art museum. She's not going to touch anything. Wow. It's like she had this magnetic bumper around her. She won't touch a single thing, but she will be all over the place, just touching air. So in this case, it was like, oh my gosh, she's like running into walls, like crying because that hurt, and, oh. and but like drunk, like oh gosh, it was horrible. And <laughs> so we we've been really sensitive about giving her any kind of medication. We we feel like she kind of has an opposite reaction to mm -hmm. a lot of them or an adverse reaction we we tried seizure medication at one point when she was about <clears throat> 10 years old and that was during the petty malls because it was like how many teeth can you lose or mm. knock out how many how many times can you get your head stitched it was it was super dangerous so we um we tried medication and she just laid down in bed like a zombie and still had seizures <laughs> wow so we're like oh that's not really living at all yeah and in fact she rolled out of bed and ended up having to have her lips stitched from a seizure so it's like screw this <laughs> So we got her off Just the medication. Just strap a helmet on her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, at least she was happy and awake and alive. Like, she mm -hmm. just felt like this was not a life. This didn't look like a life worth living, to lay in bed having seizures. Right. <laughs> you know, wasn't what, I don't think she wanted that. So, so we got her off the medication, and, and eventually the seizures turned back into grandma's, and we learn to be grateful for that mm -hmm. um, but uh, but sometimes the grandmas won't don't stop either so you have emergency medication and mm -hmm. um, yeah and seizures are kind of its own thing they're they're uh, they're they're the hardest thing our family has had to deal with because well when one person in your family doesn't feel well the whole family doesn't feel well. It's what a family is. You're mm -hmm. all part of the same cloth. And, um, you know, I think of the things my kids have seen. I mean, we've, we've tried to protect them because we realize, like, this isn't their responsibility. We're the parents. And, you know, we'll, we'll, they're part of it no matter what, but they don't have to be part of everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there have been times when Havana's seizures wouldn't stop and, even with the emergency medication, it wouldn't stop. And we've been in maybe a situation where we weren't near the doctor, but we were traveling and just in the middle of nowhere. And we'd be like, well, maybe Havana's not going to make it. You know, how, you know, she's blue, her lips are blue. She's vomiting, she's having so many seizures, they won't stop. And my kids are here watching all of this. Like, it's, it's incredible what they've seen. Um, but at no time do they, like, sit through 
all of that. I would say that um, it's really important to have team members, adult team members. So luckily my husband and I have always been able to divide it out however needed. So he would take the three. We have four kids now, so depending on how how many of the, the other kids we had at the time, <laughs> he would pluck them out and, and I would stay with her um, or vice versa. But it, it, it's more more often myself. Um, because I have a, an EMT background, and I think I'm a little bit more calm than he is in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so stage four. I mean, these stages they come, and you, do you recognize that you know this one stage ending and one stage beginning on that day? Maybe for stage one and two, but uh, and into three, but but the state transferring from stage three to four is a little more subtle subtle yeah Yeah. at least i can't tell you that this is the day and this is the moment Mm -hmm. that it happened it just seems like i just feel like we're pretty sure in it now so Um, what is it is it um so if stage three is like this plateau and then there's what is you learn to deal with what you've got in stage three yeah. Mm-hmm. Stage four, there's stage four A and stage four B. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, basically stage four is a fork in the road. That's how I've always understood it. Um, or in how, how it was explained to me when reading it. Like, this is what it looked like to me. This is your fork in the road. So, your, your kiddo can basically end up with more severe issues or just stay where they are and be okay. Like that's that's the layman version of how I understand stage four. Okay. And um, I'm hoping that we're in stage four and somehow we're a-okay with what we've got. Um, Havana started seizure medication in 2014 because we were preparing for spinal for spinal fusion sur- surgery, because she had a sixty degree curve in her back okay. for scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Um, idiosyncratic scoliosis is really common in Rett syndrome, mm-hmm. and in her case, it was a life threatening curve curvature. So, okay. and it developed over time. Uh huh. And it's um, it's life threatening because it doesn't make room for well. Uh, because in her case, because it was to the point where it was starting to relocate organs, uh-huh. and um, it could start pressing on her heart, mm-hmm. or you said that was one version of of it being a fatal situation, or she would. But he said this is probably more likely. She would end up with pneumonia, and couldn't clear that lung um. because there's because the curve is so strong to one way that there's just no way to like those ribs can't compress and mm-hmm. push on that lung because okay. she would probably just die from pneumonia and for sure she would stop walking within the next year and we went to three different specialists before we said okay let's do this and we by the time we said yes we were getting the she won't be walking in the next year but we waited a few years before hearing that and mm-hmm. that's when we finally said okay well I guess is it and to make a decision mm-hmm. about the scoliosis thing 
Um, we didn't want to do it because she had such gnarly seizures. Our, our concern was she would have the surgery, come out of it, and have a seizure right away. Like, sp- your whole spine fuse and having seizures while you were right. shaking yeah. just sounded horrible. We couldn't, we just couldn't in our right mind do it. It just, it just seemed like the worst decision we could make for her. It sounded mm-hmm. so painful. Until it became that it was worse to not do it. Right. Then it came to like, okay, we've got to figure this out. So, um, my husband was, was, I was more like, let's just do it and we'll, we'll deal with what comes. And my husband was, I, I'm, I just can't, knowing she's going to have those seizures. So we, we went back to, okay, well, what can we do to make it work? We went to, um, neurologist down in the Bay Area, <clears throat> talked to him about seizure medication, totally eeny, meeny, miny, moe I was like, well, I don't, I don't have to give her too often. It'd be cool if it was liquid. Uh, you know, just like, he's like, well, how about this one? Okay, sure, let's try it. <laughs> because we tried the one that was supposed to work and it didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, let's just, let's just see if we can, you know, tailor it to fit our lifestyle a little bit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it makes it <something> easier. <laughs> it freaking worked. She hasn't had a seizure since the day she started taking that medication. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Oh. So it's the biggest game changer ever for for our family. Our family no longer has seizures. Wow. We're like this healthy family now. Yay. Yeah. It's it's you don't and that's when I, I didn't realize that 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 thread of the family and one person not feeling well. I had no I just when you're in it, you're in it. You yeah. Know? But I can step back now and go, Oh my gosh, that was the biggest pull. And now it's gone. And like we're like all comfortable loose cloth again, you know? We're not all uh, stuck in a door jam somewhere trying to <laughs> Yeah, so so she, and I think she loves this medication. She's like mouth open, ready to take it. Right. She takes it morning and night. It's liquid. Yeah, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It. She had her spinal fusion surgery. She's an inch and a half taller. She walks beautifully. She's she gained thirty pounds after the surgery. I, I think that between the scoliosis and whatever else was going on. Uh-huh. She, um, it was, you know, she couldn't eat as well, right? So she was always thin. She eats like a truck driver now. It's crazy. It's so awesome. So she's, she's still thin, uh-huh. but she's not, like, she'll eat a, a size for two people, two, two-person serving thing of, of, for dinner. It's, and it's, she opens up her mouth. She still has her moments where they're hard to feed, and you still have to feed her. But it's nothing like how it was. So so it's so interesting. Like you're dealing with a situation, for example, where feeding is a big situation. But it's totally like (laughs) that's opposite spectrum. I'm like, yes, my kid's freaking out. (laughs) Yes, go for it. I'm like, gentle. (laughs) No more food. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that, that was really amazing watching her gain some weight. That. Yeah, she had these like little things of fat on her back. We called them like little chicken wings. Oh, they were like 
<laughs> oh, it was, it was like a warm jacuzzi just to like feel it. I was like, oh, I feel so comfortable. <laughs> just to have a little fat on your baby is a big deal. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> and you said she communicates with her eyes. She doesn't have any speech, right? Or does she? Well, for the most part, no. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was younger, from about like age three to 13, she would say something once a year. Totally appropriate. Um, and she would talk to us with her eyes all in between that mm-hmm. one thing she would say once a year. Um, we haven't, we haven't heard anything from her in a long time. It's like appropriately like, oh, that was the English language and you said it right at the right time and that hadn't happened in a while, but the eyes have never changed. They're mm-hmm. still what they were before. So yes is eye contact and no is a look away. So, so long as you can have develop a conversation that revolves around a yes, no uh-huh. so communication. Okay. You can really get to the bottom of some things. Yeah. Um, with her, it's really nice. Like how, you know, yeah. right, how are you feeling? Is it this? Is it that? And she can look at you. Or do you like this color? Do you want to wear this shirt or this shirt? And if I hold up two options, she'll look at the one she wants. You know, it's, it's. So there's a yeah, there's a back and forth. There's yes. a Conversation. Yes. There. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's pretty powerful, but when you're when you're getting this deep conversation through someone's eyes, it's you, you can feel everything you can feel through a verbal conversation. Mm-hmm. It's pretty special. Um, the The times that she did talk when she was younger were, I think there was a Valentine's Day, and she wasn't feeling good. I think that day because because we were. I remember Keith and I were laying with her in bed, and she was in the middle of us, and. She, she looked over at her dad and she said, I love you. <laughs> yeah. So we had our little blubber fest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And um, she's told three other people that she's loved them since. And she's, I've, I've been told, or a good friend. Uh, a good friend of the family has been told. One of her therapists have been told. Oh, yeah. My goodness. It's really... I mean, you know, those aren't just babble noises. Like, I love you. Right. Someone looking at you in the eye. It's like... Yeah, no, they mean oh, it's it. so cool. Um, we, we gave her an, uh, speakers once for her birthday. I think it was her 11th birthday. And we put speakers in her room, like a, a little Bluetooth setup for an iPod. She loves music. So we put on the music and we go, well, Havana, happy birthday. What do you think? And she goes, amazing. Oh. <laughs> We're like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, gosh. Another really awesome was uh, awesome one was we were in San Diego at the zoo, and they have kind of like a gondola tram that goes above the zoo. It's open, but you're, you're sitting down in this little, like, teapot, you know, <laughs> and, and – uh, and she stood up, and we're like, whoa, because you could just, I guess, if you wanted to, you could, like, fall out, not if you wanted to, but accidentally. Yeah. So, so, um, but she was, she was in the middle of this little gondola deal, and she stood up, and she goes, I'm flying. <laughs> so, so we get to the end of the little oh. gondola tram, and 
the ladies helping us out. And my husband and I are like, we've got tears. We have, I have like boogers coming out of my nose, and like snot streaming. And she's like, are you guys okay? And we're like, we're so okay. Oh my God, we're so okay. Thank you. I love that, how powerful what she said. I know. Is. It's not like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's your word for the year. Yeah. Woo. But it's all so. Yeah. So cool. So appropriate. So it's, um, man, yeah, people count their money and we count words. <laughs> the things that really matter in life, you know? It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, there, she's in there. She's 100% in there. She that. just has full body apraxia. She's got this huge mountain wall, mountain, whatever you want to call it, that keeps her from being able to communicate. But she's taking everything in. And that's the same for all girls with Tourette syndrome. They're all there. So it's a... Uh, I think that might be one of the hardest things for like the general population is maybe they don't realize it because she, she maybe doesn't look like she's taking it all in. Maybe she's not looking right at you when you're talking. Maybe she's not even staying in the same room with you because she's walked away. She's there. She's taking it in, just in her own way, as mm-hmm. she can. Yeah. This is her last year of high school. She's been a senior for like four years. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that by choice, or is that... Do they have criteria to graduate? You're allowed to stay um, for someone in Havana's situation. You can stay in school until you're 22. Okay. And in Havana's case, she turns 22, like, the day after graduation. So it's... You can't start when you're already 22. You can turn 22 during the school year. So, um, And that's part of um, what California offers... Maybe it's even federally offered. Um, I'm not sure, but just as far as education goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and because when Havana was 18, it, she wasn't going to go off to college. Havana still wears diapers and has to be fed. Right. And, and 24 hours uh, supervision. Help, supervision. Yeah. So college wasn't, it just didn't seem necessary. Sure, we could have like, carved her own path and made it work for her but I'm not sure what she would have gotten out of it or if she would have enjoyed it as much and she um, we, we've we always well when Havana was younger we did the Glen Paul and then she was about six years old and we were still at Glen Paul so we'd been there for three years really felt like okay we, we're, we got this we know what, what she needs how she's going to learn and we've learned those those techniques um, just from great therapists at Glen Paul and hard work. And, um, and then this little boy, I was at the, the mailbox and this little boy who was our neighbor and I hadn't actually met him yet, lived up the road from us and everyone has like five acre parcels. So it's not yeah. like you see every neighbor easily. And, um, he, he was getting his mail and he was on his bike and I had just pulled up and I got out of the car and I was getting my mail. I go, oh, hi, you know, I'm Chantel. I, I live at this house. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I live at this house. Oh, how nice to meet you. And he goes, oh, oh, you're the lady with the sick little girl, huh? And I go, oh, Havana? Oh, no, she's in the car. She's not sick. She's, you want, she's in the car. Come on and say hi. 
He goes, oh, no, that's okay. And he took off on his bike. And I went, oh, no, I, I told him, I go, she's in the car. She doesn't have a fever or anything. She's fine. And and he, he goes, oh, no, that's okay. And he takes off after declining to see her. And it was like, I, I might as well have just had a brick hit me on the head or something. Uh-huh. The way I felt after that, I was like, oh, he didn't mean, like, sick, like she has a fever. Right. Duh, tell. So I got in that car and I said, my daughter is not going to be the sick little girl. She's going to school with that little boy. So we took her out of school and we mainstreamed her. That was it. I was like, that was, just didn't seem like that. All this education, all this hard work. So she could be the sick little girl in the corner? Mm-hmm. No. Uh-uh. So um, mainstream has been awesome for Ivana. And, and she, at that point on, she um, started kindergarten at Matol School. And they were great with her. It's a small school, small community. Um, she was the only little girl in the area with such severe challenges. Um, but they made it work. They really did. I've heard horrible school situations. We, we've had our challenges. That's just like convincing the world that because you've never heard of rent syndrome doesn't mean she doesn't need services. Right. Just those kinds of things. <laughs> but never, once they, it, it was just a really good experience. Yeah. Good. I'm really grateful for that. And we moved out of the valley when our other kids started high school. They, um, they just wanted to go to school with, with more kids. Yeah, there was there were six kids in high school at the time, so I, right, <laughs> really easy for me to see what their what their point of view was. Yeah, um, so we we moved to town, and we also to get ready for that spinal fusion surgery. We, um, it took an hour to get to our house from the freeway, and it was a bumpy road, uh-huh. windy and bumpy. And yeah. there's no way you could have a spinal fusion recovery process and go and see doctors and hit that road. Yeah, so Havana. For the first time since Glenn Paul went to a special class with special children. And we walked in that classroom, and I knew half of them, because we knew them all when we were younger. Mm. And uh, from Glenn Paul, or from playgroups. Uh-huh. And uh, it's like, oh, Yay. it's our family. <laughs> but wait, this is a class only for special kids. Wait a minute. Like... I was like half in love and half hated it. Mm-hmm. So um, the school was great. They're like, well, tell us you know, what, what your daughter needs. Like, She doesn't have to sit in here all day. Okay, great. Well, let's get her in ceramics. And she's got a little talk box. Let's get her in drama. And let's, um, you know, let's just see how she does in a math class. Heck, you know, and let's try Spanish. What, you know, <laughs> you know, and we, we just like, test tasted so many different things and and they were open to it oh that's great yes they i don't feel like i hit any walls the ieps have always been um well i i go into ieps with with backup if i ever know like okay this is going to be a little off the wall for them Uh bringing my backup whether that's like literature or specialist letters or whatever it takes mm-hmm. to like, you know, I'm not just walking in there and saying, you know, you know, my kiddo wants music therapy because she likes t- 
Taylor Swift, you know. <laughs> so they they're receptive. Uh, I am happy to say so far we've education, IEPs, all that has been a really good experience for us. What school did she go to? It's the closest one to our house. And because when we started, um, she was having seizures, uh-huh. I wanted her close to us. So she's six minutes from her house. So it's just a hop, skip, and a jump mm-hmm. onto the freeway and then off the freeway to the school, which many a yeah. times I had to do because of seizures before we got uncontrolled. Um, and, and also because of her ambulation, while she can walk to China if she wanted to, uh-huh. they gave her the path. She can't do stairs very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bump in the concrete will get her. She'll trip. Um, different different layers and levels get, get her. It's like a depth perception mm-hmm. deal. Okay. So if you're familiar with the two main high schools we have, one has a lot of slope to it. Mm-hmm. In Havana's case, she would just keep going with, I call, we used to call her like Drano baby. She would go like the slope <laughs> of wherever she was. She'd end up at the bottom, wherever that was. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Vanna will end up at the bay, so we don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and the other high school is just, it's flat. It's really like a controlled level. I think the whole, I don't think there's a single step in the whole school. So it, for the, those reasons alone, like close to home and I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about her her tripping and falling. Um, it just turned out to be a really good fit for her. Yeah. That's great. You found something. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had our, our challenges through every year that nothing that we didn't feel heard and and have like a receptive situation you know okay you heard us thank you for seeing our point and okay i see now you're taking action thank you mm-hmm. no one's walked into havana's world knowing exactly what to do we did we don't <laughs> expect them to either we're still figuring this out uh-huh. <laughs> yeah Every day is a new day with Havana. The, the only thing consistent about Havana is she's inconsistent. <laughs> After high school, what does the future like look like for your family? <sighs> I feel like <laughs> I have um, a lot of education to, or not education, I have, I have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. We started um, a year ago looking at daycare facilities because one thing I know about Havana, she wants socialize, socialization. She does not want to sit home and stare at the wall. Mm-hmm. And I learned this years ago. As a mom, there's only so many hats you can wear. You cannot wear all the hats and be a good mom. Mm-hmm. The mom hat, the therapist hat, the caregiver hat, the, nurse the wife hat, hat the, the nurse hat. The other mom to other kids hat and um, the taxi hat, whatever, you know, like whatever hat is that your family needs to survive. You can't wear them all and and be that like that mom that's going to jump through the hoops with some sanity. Like it just you can't do it. So um, <laughs> I forgot why. Why am I talking about all these hats? <laughs> I am. I'm really nervous about this next step in life for her. Um, so we looked at these daycare facilities I only liked one. I mm-hmm. looked at them all. I'm, they fit for for other people just fine. But for Havana, 
And keep in mind, she's the only one like herself in this entire mm-hmm. county. I don't think there's anyone in Del Norte. I don't think there's anyone in Trinity. I don't think there's anyone in Mendocino. If there is, I don't know this. But, um, so what she needs, and this has been kind of the, um, the theme of it all, has to be created every step of the way in every atmosphere. And that's okay. People have always been adaptable and they realize that once they see, oh, she will benefit if we do it this way. Okay. But um, the daycare facilities are different. You know, you drop off your kiddo and these aren't little kids where they're everyone's most precious thing anymore. These are some of these kids. These people are adults who maybe don't go home to a family or they do go home to a family, but maybe they're tired families. I don't know what these situations are, but... um, it's just different than school, where, where they're, they're young kids, minors, mm-hmm. parents are involved. So um, there was one daycare facility that I liked for her that really fit her needs. They kept active. There was a young population. A lot of the daycare facilities have older populations, dementia sections you know it's like my daughter is young she wants to get up and go do things she doesn't want to sit and watch um the tv or soap operas or you know mm-hmm. or play chess you know it's like it's just a matter of what fits for each person so um so while i was at the one place that i did like because it was the cleanest one and it was just that i liked uh the staff looked very involved. Again, the population was young. There were sections for, there were three different sections that this place partitioned out to depending on what they needed. Like if you needed quiet space, you had that mm-hmm. option. If um, you needed to, if you're happy in the active space, you could do it and, and then the in-between space. But while I was there, I was talking to the manager and um, I watched three people leave the building and in that particular space, because it's a younger population, <clears throat> not an elderly daycare, for mm-hmm. example, it's hard to tell which one's a client and which one's a staff member. Um, so, Havana doesn't look like she's disabled. If you if she's having a one minute good in control moment ish control ish moment. With that door open, she's out the door. All she wants to do is to get to the middle of a freeway. That's like, or the edge of a cliff in Hangton. Like, that she just, those are the, some reason, those are some happy spaces for her. Uh-huh. So, um, I asked the manager, well, how do you know people come or go? She said, oh, I'm always watching. I go, well, since I've been talking to you, how many people have left the building? She couldn't tell me. She didn't see the three people. I mean, I knew she didn't see the three people because her back was to the door. Right. And that could have been my daughter. And the freeway is really close to that particular facility with no boundaries between that and the freeway. So so we all decided, like, this is a great place for Havana, except she can't go here. Mm-hmm. It's a flight risk. So, long story short, I'm trying to start a daycare facility for adults in the... Trinidad to McKinleyville area. I've been working with the regional center. I've been working with that particular daycare program, the adult one. They're they they want to help me. They're great. They're like, oh. when the hoop comes, let us know. We'll help you jump <laughs> through it. Um, and I, I only want to do something small, three to four 
client population. I don't want to run it. I want to start it and have like some amazing person, creative director, take it over. It's, I was not like born to be one of those amazing heroes. I just get to like tread this water with Havana and experience all this, but I don't, I don't know if I can do what those amazing people do every day. Yeah. So I'm happy to start it and jump through those hoops. So that's my goal. So the anxiety is, I don't know if we'll have it together by the time Havana graduates. Mm -hmm. I've had a caseworker leave the regional center. Um, so it's like she hasn't had a caseworker for a couple months, and it's driving me crazy, really, to be honest. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Yeah, like we're in the middle of something here. Um, but, I mean, with that being said, Regional Center has been awesome. This is mm. this is maybe the more most frustrated I've ever been with them, and I think they're just in a situation where they can't even help themselves, too. So yeah, it's, it's just a uh, high-anxiety moment of trying to figure all these different aspects out not moment year but mm -hmm. a project i kind of have a i feel like there's a time we got to get it done so she's not sitting staring at the wall for a year you know that's my concern what about like one-on-one -on -one who takes her out my nephew has that so yeah like the, i think it's called community links okay. it's, um that's kind of my backup plan until we figure this out but here's the thing havana doesn't always want to be out and going like, sometimes she doesn't feel good. I mean, she had her spinal fusion surgery. Like, she still deals with uh, spasms and Rett's, she still deals with with Rett syndrome. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, it's not a comfortable syndrome. So, um, she doesn't always want to be, like, hanging out at the mall or on her way to a field trip of sorts. So, but she, she wouldn't mind maybe sitting out on a couch and hearing some music. And someone helping feed her when it's time to eat, and someone just having some nice conversation with her and offering a little bit of love here and there. She doesn't need to be on a roller coaster ride every day. So I could see how community links would work, but it would only work for like part of what she needs. Mm -hmm. She also needs just a quiet environment sometimes. She does get upset and cry. So if you can imagine a, a nine month old crying, the top of their lungs because they want something. Now you take a 21-year-old who has a lot of those same characteristics still. It's a loud nine-month-old. So you can't just go anywhere at that point. She's in pain. She's in discomfort. And she has to write it out. Or it's, or we don't even know what it is. It's just, you have to just write it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could troubleshoot and we'll figure it out. Do you just sit with her in those moments? And Yeah. She'll often, her hands will get really, um, it's it's like kind of, well, self-abusive in a way, like in, in one aspect, you know, if you call it that, it's because she's hurting herself with her own hands. And if like last week she had a, a sore, for example, that was just about to get infected. So you have to really stay on top of it. Because once you have an infected sore that keeps getting rubbed, it's never mm -hmm. going to, you know, it's really painful. Yeah. So, so you just, it's just troubleshooting. Does she need a diaper change? Does she need, does she need something to help her go to the bathroom? You know, is she not gone for a couple of days? Or is, is uh, your throat hurt? You know, your stomach hurt? Right. Just little ailments. You know, your back. You know, you just it's it's 
kind of like taking care of a young infant in a way when the troubleshooting starts. While she can talk with her eyes, so there could be when she is in the middle of that that discomfort, her communication, um, it's it's hard to totally gauge it. Um, but at the same time, like I could ask her, like, is it your back? Is your back hurting? And if I get this like whipping eye contact burning through my eyes, like, okay, it's your back, mm-hmm. I get it, okay. And other times it's just, it's difficult to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. And it could just be she's frustrated and wants to eat more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and maybe she doesn't even really know why she's yeah. upset. I, mean, I feel like that happens with Freya sometimes. Yeah. I'm just really trying to, like, get her to focus and, and answer me. And huh. I just think she just doesn't really know. Yeah. She just wants to be left alone. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just take and I'll hold Havana's hands mm. um, open for her. And it's like, <sighs> oh, it's okay. like she just like, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. We have these thumb splits we put on her that also help keep her palms open. And, um, yeah, she just, she just looks at you, like, with relief. Like, oh, my gosh, thanks for helping me stop hurting myself. Mm. Yeah. But sometimes sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but Havana's awesome. <laughs> she sounds amazing. I really hope to meet her someday. Can I ask you one more quick? Can we, yeah. like, I like to have a thing to end on of... You said you wrote a letter to that person mm-hmm. way back in the beginning who said, well, um, she'll, she'll she told, don't expect yeah, anything. The, the um, autistic specialist. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They were a married couple down in the San Francisco area. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a letter um, explaining like how... I mean, you, you take a family's hope away by saying those words. Those were unnecessary words. That was her opinion to tell me what to expect. How dare she? Mm-hmm. My child. My feeling is that person didn't have a child. Right. Who would say that to someone who understands the value of loving a child? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was I was irate. At the time when I, I heard it, I, I felt like it acts had just split me in two like I didn't even my heart was ripped out of me I mean it was like a felt like I lost a battle or something it's hard to explain that feeling but um but writing that letter just everything was rebuilt I've written a lot of letters well that was one of the things (laughs) was I was you know do you ever um it would just be great to, like if you wrote a letter now and even if you don't even remember who they are but write mm-hmm. that letter again <clears throat> knowing who your daughter is and mm-hmm. what she has accomplished yeah yeah that's a good point right a perspective a 20-year perspective yeah i i met this great lady that her lady her daughter was autistic but her daughter was going to college at the redwoods havana was two at the time and I was so impressed by that. Like, what? Because I met her daughter. Her daughter was was autistic by everything I understood. Um, and and here she was going to college, and she was functioning. And I was so impressed by it all. And I was having my first IP. I had it, and it was a little confusing to me. And, and I said, do you know anything about IPs? And she goes, oh, yeah, I do. I said, well, you got your daughter in college. What do you know? 
much. Do you really want to know? I said, yeah. I, I see something, like, I haven't, I don't see anyone else's kiddo in college. Like, this is you, and, and she kind of had this, um, well, I could just tell. She, she had a background in, in, in law. So she, she, when she made her actions, she really, she made it with intention and purpose and knew that it was all possible, you know, those type of movements in life. And so she met with me for four Sundays in a row and told me everything she knew about IEPs. Only IEPs. Wow. Yeah. And that was it. That was the golden ticket. Hmm. I, and I sometimes wonder if that's why school was so good for Havana and I. Because I knew how to do the dance. I knew what I needed for the song to play. You know, it's like, thanks to this lady who who broke it all down for me. My favorite was, one was... Um, well, make sure you have a picture of your daughter on the table and bring some cookies so they all stay quiet and you can talk. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, I happily bring pictures of Havana because I know they all love her. And and sometimes I will bring cookies and not because I don't want them to talk, but because these are people that I have grown to love. I want to feed them now. Like mm-hmm. you, They are... A team. We we walk this world as a team for Havana, and I mean, yeah. I don't give them a, a cookie because I don't like them. I give them a cookie because I love them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I mean, there were some people that were skeptical, and and you know, just had to. No, I know this is not your typical way to do something, but for Havana and people with threat syndrome, this is what works. Mm-hmm. It's definitely been against the grain in some cases. And fortunately, everyone's been brave enough to give it a try. Yeah, if I think of the first ten months of Havana, I needed, I needed people. Mm-hmm. I maybe didn't know that, but I did. I needed them to care. I needed them to ask me questions. Mm-hmm. I needed them not to be scared of us, you know, because we were different. We we were. Scary just because we were different, you know? We weren't your typical family all of a sudden. One of the, the best things that happened when during that beginning stage was the teacher that... We, we had a teacher coming to us before we went to Glen Paul. And that teacher arranged a playgroup whom were... When Havana went to high school, we walked into, there were all those people from the playgroup, now young adults. Um... But just having that time with those families, me telling the worst jokes, <laughs> and, and, and just enjoying each other's kids just the way they are, and loving each other's kids for who they are, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, it's just good medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see someone loving and accepting your child for who they are, and for you to love and appreciate what you have and don't have. And you're, being in that environment, it's that's the raw, right there. You know, you're you're with these kiddos. They're exactly who they are. They don't they don't know to be anything else. And you fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I grew up where the special kids went to a classroom over there in the corner, mm-hmm. and I never saw them but far away. Right, they and, rode their own bus. Yeah, had their own bus. They had their own recess or whatever. And, 
it wasn't that I didn't want to be with him. I just, it was, again, my, falling into the lack of knowledge or the unknown. Like, I just didn't even know that was an option. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have had uh, parents actually thank me for having Freya. I have school. two. Yes, I have two. Yeah. In fact, um, one mom in particular, her, her son was the roughest, toughest, biggest boy in class. Oh. Oh, he was the biggest teddy bear around Havana, though. <laughs> and, um, I remember when we, we first started going to the school, Havana fell. And um, she, he, I wasn't in the class, uh, but the teacher told me about this. Havana had fallen, and he, he picked her up and helped her. And it's, you know, that's, you have to be really brave when you're mm-hmm. a little kid to do that to yeah. someone who's so different than you. And years later, that big, rough and tough kiddo's mama, she says, I just want to say thank you so much for having Havana in the school. I've seen a difference that she's made in my own kids. And just, yeah, I'm grateful for it. Thank you. And I see it, you know, imagine what, what. I'm assuming you didn't, right? You said you didn't go to class with special population. Is that right? Yeah, they were, yeah they've had their own their class. Own I don't even remember. Yeah, same here. Imagine what we could have gained mm-hmm. by having that interaction. The woman down the street from me ran a daycare, and her son had, um, God, this is so not PC, but the time it was just, he was that's retarded. What, that's what you said, right? That's what he had. I, and I still, like, I don't know what his diagnosis was, like, you talk to him. You know, mm-hmm. I have conversations with him. I I liked him. That was my only experience. I don't remember in high school. I really don't. Mm-hmm. That's so sad to say. They yeah. had. It's a... not. It's not our fault though. We just we didn't know. That's all. That's what I tell myself. I didn't know. I was mm-hmm. young. I just didn't know those these things. Fortunately, people like us have taken it upon themselves to change that mm-hmm. and encourage full include full inclusion and and. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the foresight to see, like, oh, that way didn't really work that well. How about right. this way? And what a beautiful community to live in mm-hmm. where people are included and that yeah. we're all raised with a, an awareness that... Yeah, it's having that our small community was so helpful out in the, the valley. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, I see all those kids have a comfort for Havana that I don't totally see in the high school, like the kids in her class and the kids that she's had some time in different classes with, the mainstream classes, but I'm not there to foster relationships or to help explain things. Right. And, um, and I'm also just not there to see how their the relationships themselves evolve, but, um, and kids will say hello to Havana that I've never met, so I'm assuming they're the McKinleyville crowd. But it is really sweet to be walking around town and one of the kids that Havana went to school with when she was younger, because she went there when she was six to 16, um, to, hi Havana, you know, just have this really great comfort with Havana mm-hmm. in public and just be in her space and say hi to her and know how to say hi and expect that eye, con- for, eye contact for a hello good back and... Um, really nice to to have seen that in in this part is nobody's fault but it there's a there's a definitely something that weighs on you when you have a kid who doesn't get like 
invitations to birthdays and things like that. Mm. Yeah, there's. I've learned that that's more me than them, at least for Havana. While I don't think any of my friends were scared of Havana, I I have had two offers in her whole life where they've said, hey, you better bring Havana by, I'll watch her. Um, I'm sorry, I've had three. One, I took him up on it because um, I was bugging out. It was after Havana surgery, and she was just going to lay in bed anyway, so I was okay with it. <laughs> I went for a run. <laughs> oh, but what a great friend to have recognized, like, mm-hmm. you know, or to even offer. And then, and then two others have offered, and I didn't take him up on it because I was like, oh, this is so, you guys have other kids. This is too much for you. You'll have to pick up everything in your house because she'll trip, and it's just, you know, I didn't. But, um... It's a different experience in that respect of of socializing. Mm. And I, I, not that I expect anyone to offer to watch my kid. I don't, you know, like that. Like I take those offers, like to this day, is like, you know, I they're dear to me. That someone would be brave enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But we've got great respite workers, and that's that's been. That's huge, because I know not everybody around here does. No, and I don't know how you could do it without it. Thankfully, um, we've had good respite workers, and we've had to sometimes hire our own and do a vending type of deal where maybe um, we're able to get funding for respite workers, but but we have to pay, and then we get refunded back, and we've had to get creative at times. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm in a good place now, but there's been milestones that are hard. You know, the kids' birthdays. Like, we'd go to them. No one was, like, saying Havana couldn't go to it. I have other kids that were invited. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's a family out there. But, um, but sometimes those milestones are hard. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the... Another perhaps difficult part of mainstreaming and and this inclusion is that you are constantly faced with the um, the examples of you know like what is typical and what is not typical and what is you know mm-hmm. what works what's easy in our society and what's mm-hmm. not and. Um, I've had times in my life where that's been harder to to witness mm-hmm. than other times, and the social part now for me is is hard. And mm-hmm. Freya is really social, but there's there's still it's you know it's not she's 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 not the kid on the playground that can go up to anybody and get them to play. Like mm-hmm. she's a kid that if she gets over her shyness or whatever it can go up and, and ask but she's not loud enough she's not articulate enough she doesn't have the right body language like and kids just run off and and it's just you know and i every day i pick her up from school and the kids are all running around hey you want to play date you want to play date and they're all making play dates with each other and i'm just standing there watching freya like watching mm-hmm. these kids and i i have to today i can say this with full sanity of course when you're in the moment of it all it's hard to say this to yourself but these kids don't mean it 
like anything purposeful. They're not trying to leave anyone out. Those families don't not like you because they're not inviting you. Most of the time, it's just lack of knowledge and it's like fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Just don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you cannot forgive. (laughs) Especially now that she doesn't have seizures. Mm-hmm. It's a different ball game now. Like I don't worry that she's gonna die every day, <laughs> or, yeah. or I can even just go somewhere and not have my phone on. That's such a treat. I can do yoga without my phone on. <laughs> so it's it's just good to know that the world can kind of um, accommodate and not not accommodate can be flexible. Yeah. And and offer the that hey. And it's okay to ask the world to be flexible. Or even just to communicate what your needs are. Not even ask them. Just say, hey, this is the way it goes. Does it work for you? Because this is my package. <laughs> mm-hmm. Package deal. Yeah. Asking for permission is, is nice, but knowing what you need is even better. Yeah. Yeah, there's a survival for it all. There, There's some... I mean, each family's got to have their own um, equation mm-hmm. you know, to... to to get through life but um my my husband's always not always but he's he's a little bit more maybe realistic he's like this is hard this is really hard I'm like no it's not this isn't hard come on <laughs> Buck up. come on we got this i'll do it you do it someone do it <laughs> and um and sometimes i sit back and go jeez this is freaking hard but but in all reality just having those seizures go away it just seems so much more doable mm. yeah. I worry about her future and I eventually get older you know I, I don't know what Amanda's future holds that's the scariest part I, I see I, I read a lot of articles about the kids when they're younger about parents reflecting on their stories and now that I have an older one I realize like oh man sorry but there's still so much to figure out. And that's okay. It's life. Mm-hmm. A lot to figure out no matter what. The road will continue. And staying good to yourself. Be healthy. Go for walks. Go for runs. Love yourself. Let yourself be loved. You need that so you can take care of your, your family. Your special one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apologize when when you, this has been one of my lessons, um, during the some of those transition, or those, the 13, when, when Havana turned 13 and 20, for some reason those were hard years, not years, but moments for mm-hmm. me. And um, becoming a teenager and still needing your diaper change to be fed, like, oh, that really sucked. Like, turning 20 and... And realizing, like, wow, this, this is what your 20s look like. Wow. You know, they're beautiful in some ways, and they're really hard in other ways for you, Havana. I'm sorry. And um, I feel like at t- those two times have been the weakest times in parenting for me, where, you know, get upset for a little reason, or maybe say something to a friend that's like, because they didn't understand, you know, and you have this odd defensive remarks like oh, I'm so sorry 
Oh, you are a good friend. Thank you. Because <laughs> you're accepting my apology. <laughs> we don't come into this with an instructional manual. Like, I read what to expect when you're expecting, but I didn't say anything about Rett syndrome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, fostering the love within yourself will carry over a lot. Mm. And I'm lucky I have a good partner. I think it's important that you and your partner don't admit how hard it is at the same time. Yes. Yeah. The other person can stay afloat while the other person figures out how to get back above the water. But if you're both underwater, it's that it's really tough. Impossible. You don't go anywhere. I would choose this path for her and never ever, but this is who Havana is. I don't know any other Havanas, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Interestingly, they've been able to reverse Rett syndrome in laboratory mice. Mm. Um, And this is for the younger population that are thinking later in life. Maybe um, the little mice lover in me feels not sad about that, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but they're able to reverse red syndrome. What? So there's something around the corner someday, hopefully, for these other families. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I would change much. Like like I say over and over again, I don't wish this upon Havana, but. I feel like she's given me more than anything I could have ever figured out on my own. Yeah. In a positive way, you know. These are we've dealt with with uh, pain and you know broken hearts and all that, and we've dealt with incredible victory and mm. pride and. Just, everything just seems so extreme when you have a special needs kiddo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's to say that's not worth experiencing? Yeah.